0: She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing.
1: The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle.
0: And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha.
1: loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. I'm so excited for this episode because my guest is Gala Darling and she's a best-selling author, tapping and manifestation queen. Gala has so many different techniques for tapping, the ones that basically you can attract money, you can attract abundance, you can release anxiety, you can resolve issues and so much more. So in this episode, Gal and I will be discussing so many great things. We'll be discussing the best ways to clean up your money mindset and remove blocks, how to heal your old stories and call in the perfect person, radical self-love movement, tapping techniques and how to use them, how to find your passion, how to access your inner bad bitch, and the best practices to let things go, how to fix daddy issues, and with new year coming up, how to set intentions. So before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, love. How are you?
0: Hi, I'm so good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here and talk all things self-love and manifesting and tapping and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to learn more about you. And
0: (laughs) let's dive in. Okay. Would you please tell our listeners more about yourself? Sure. So my name is Gala Darling. I am a New Zealander who lives in Los Angeles. And I am in the self-help, self-improvement space. And I have been for about 15 years. I grew up in New Zealand and really struggled with depression. I had an eating disorder. I was very unhappy about my life and I felt very powerless. I felt like my life would never be what I really wanted it to be. And when I was 22 years old, I discovered this technique called tapping, which is basically acupuncture without needles that you can do to yourself. And I healed my eating disorder literally overnight and emerged from my depression and, I mean, I don't know if any of you listening have seen my Instagram, but I think you can feel that I have left my depression long in the past. And now I'm kind of making up for lost time. I think it's really important that we celebrate every day and make our lives beautiful. And that's what I'm here to do and show people and hopefully they have some fun with it.
1: That's beautiful. I didn't know that tapping was so effective till I tried myself. I tried for anxiety. Oh, it works because it kind of distracts your brain and then it just, Mm -hmm. it relaxes you.
0: It does. And it gives new messages to your nervous system. The reason we feel anxiety is that our nervous system is overstimulated. And when we can tell our nervous system that we're safe and that we're okay, it really calms your whole body down. And tapping affects your cortisol levels. It stimulates the amygdala in your brain. It's really an incredible tool. And it's such a gift. I think like the craziest thing about it to me is that it's free and that we can all do it whenever we want to. Like how amazing that we can literally heal our brains and our bodies on our own. We don't need anyone's help. We don't need an intervention.
1: Right. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. It's
0: so great. It's such a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. And does it even? I mean, it doesn't matter which area you tap, and every area is for like different things you try to achieve, or how does it work?
0: So, the meridian points are just a sequence and it's designed that way, but there's no need to press all of those points if you you don't want to, or you can't, like some people have limited mobility or they can't raise their arms above their shoulders. And so they can't get all of the spots, but that's fine. Like, even if you just pick one of those points and tap on it while doing like, you know, repeating the phrases, you're going to see really a massive result.
1: Oh, I see. And also you're an author of several books and we would love to know the story behind every book, what inspired
0: (laughs) you. Okay, well, the first book was called or oh, is called Radical Self-Love and it was really my expression about how I learned to love myself and and how I think other women can do the same thing and I wrote it when I was about 24 years old and I think it really does speak to a younger woman, people love to give it to their little sister or teenagers a lot of psychologists and therapists recommend it to their younger clients because it's really it's an easy read and it's written in a very friendly way it's not clinical it's not technical it's really just about giving you the information you need and the confidence that you really can go out there and do anything you want so that's my first book and I'm super proud of it and it's been translated into I don't know five or six languages and I'm super proud of it it did really well And my second book is called Radical Radiance, and it's all about how to manifest because it's a subject that I am obsessed with. And I think it's so beautiful that we get to work with the universe to co-create things, to know that it's not all about just hustling and pushing hard and striving and achieving. Like Yes, it's great to have those tools in your arsenal, but it's even better to be able to set your sights on something and then relax and enjoy your life and allow the universe to bring those things to you. So that was my second book. And my third book is what I'm writing at the moment and it's called Hologram Heart. And Hologram Heart is about, okay, so now that you love yourself, and now that you know how to manifest anything, what do you do when you want to share your life with somebody else? How do we build healthy relationships? How do we have passionate relationships? And how do we not lose ourselves in the process? And I think that's something that women can really struggle with. And it's something I certainly struggled with. So I basically started writing this book to figure it out for myself because. Whenever I write a book, I immerse myself in a subject and I really become a master. So I thought, okay, where do I have the most trouble? Relationships. Okay. So let me let me figure it out. And I'm so basically it's 12 chapters. I write one chapter every month. And we just did chapter eight. So I'm more than halfway through. And I have learned so much in this year and the growth and the insights I've come up with have been really amazing. Like at the start of the year, I decided I was going to go on 100 dates just so I could get some material and some, some stories and some stuff to kind of like base my findings off of. And I did all that. And then I dated, I went on 51 dates. And then I met a guy that I really like and we're now together. And what I'm learning is it's not even just like that that phase of meeting someone you like or first date or you know how to attract the right kind of people on dating apps. Once you meet someone you really like, it's not like the work is over. It's going to bring up other stuff. And then how do you knit your lives together? And what do you do when you get triggered or things come up that are difficult? And so it's really an amazing experience to be living this and writing about it at the same time. It's really fun, I have to say.
1: Wow, that's wonderful. I'm glad you met someone. That's just beautiful. Me too.
0: Especially during COVID, like what a crazy fucking year to decide you're going to go on a hundred dates. It's like, wow, could you have made it any more difficult for yourself? Exactly.
1: I feel like it's easier (laughs) to date than actually build a relationship with someone because you have Mm. to accept someone for their flows too.
0: So true. You can go on like one date with someone and be like, "Mm, I don't like his shoes very much or like he talked about himself too much and move on. But yeah. When you start to get to know someone, they're definitely going to have those things about them that bother you or trouble you. And one of the things I'm really learning is that the things that we love about someone that really attract us to someone in the first place often have a flip side, but we have to accept the light with the dark. Like there is a there is going to be stuff about them that you don't like, or maybe don't agree with or feel troubled by. And that's normal. Like we all have those sides. But then the other thing that I'm learning is that it's so easy for us to overthink in relationships and to hit a speed bump and then start analyzing. And if we stay in our heads, we're dead. We have to move out of our brain and into our heart. Because if you look for problems, you're always going to find them. There are problems in everything, but there are also beautiful blessings. And so we get to choose where we put our focus. And that's a great lesson for me that I'm not always succeeding at, but I'm doing my best.
1: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Also yeah. wrote a book, Radical Radiance, How to Make mm-hmm. Love in the Universe and Manifest Anything. Would you please tell us? Yes. About-
0: so that was my second book. And Radical Radiance was really about how do we create the life of our dreams? What does that look like? And a lot of it is about You know, there are rules about the law of attraction and that kind of thing, and you can find them anywhere. But what I really wanted to do was share what's worked for me. And my experience is that when we change our beliefs about life, we manifest much easier. So one of the new beliefs that I essentially implanted during that time was the more fun I have, the more money I make. And I just decided that that was going to be my new belief. And the longer I played with it, the more true it became. It used to be like, I love to work. I love to create things. I love to be busy and, and achieving and all that stuff. And I used to have to tell myself that I would be more productive if I took a break. I had to like trick myself into taking some time off. But now I actually know for a fact, because I've proven it, that if I have more fun in my life, I'll be more abundant. And that's such a fun belief to wire in. And we get to choose what we believe. A lot of us are running on this subconscious programming that we picked up as children or at a young age. And we don't even know that it's running in the background, but it is, and it massively impacts our lives. So we have to be really thoughtful about that. And then if it's not working, if the old programming is faulty, then we have the ability, the freedom to choose a new one.
1: Funny enough, but I have the same belief. And you know what happens to me that every time I go on vacation, I get so much work, like all the emails, <laughs> all the leads start coming in like all the <laughs> crazy. Yep.
0: Isn't that so interesting? And even when I'm on vacation or I'm relaxing, that's when I get my ideas that are so brilliant too. Like I was just in Mexico and we were, I did like an Instagram live and some of the things that happened during that Instagram live caused me to come up with a whole new way of doing things in my business. That's going to be really good for my audience and lucrative and fun and fulfilling And that would have never happened if I had just been doing it at home and, you know, all those things. So yeah, we, we really can tap into that as a belief. And I love that you have that belief too.
1: Yeah. And all the best ideas, like I've mentioned many times before my podcast come to me on Saturday night.
0: (laughs) Really? I love that it comes to you on Saturday night. And the coolest thing is that When you tell yourself, I have my best ideas on Saturday nights, you're wiring yourself for Saturday night to be amazing. And like you're setting your brain up to drop those insights on Saturday night. That's so awesome. I love that.
1: Yeah, I've just noticed it because by all the projects I've done before and by all the
0: new creative
1: projects I've had, they all came Mm -hmm. at the same time.
0: (laughs) That is so cool. So when it came to deciding that the more fun you have, the more money you make, Did you consciously choose that or did you just start to notice it? How did that work for
1: you? I'm really curious because I felt when I'm more relaxed and I don't think about where and how and what to do, it just Mm -hmm. all starts coming in. But Mm. sometimes, you know, you have to discipline yourself. You can't just like be relaxed all the time. (laughs) Right. You have to to concentrate sometimes. Yes,
0: there's definitely a balance. I think like, you know, there's a time for everything. There's a time for visualizing what you want and setting your goals and writing them down. And then there's a time to sleep in and go for walks and just enjoy yourself. And we really should strive to have a balance of both. And for a long time, I really just worked, worked, worked all the time. And now I have so much more balance in my life and it just, it feels really, really good. It feels like what I'm supposed to be doing with my life.
1: I agree. Yeah. What is
0: the best way to clean up your money mindset and remove blocks? So tapping is definitely the best way to do it. At least the best way I found, and I've been working with things for a very long time. Actually on my YouTube account, I have a couple of tapping videos to help you manifest a specific amount of money. So I have these tapping sessions to help you manifest $365 and they're awesome. And you can do them for free and just sit there and go through it with us. And you'll see from the comments that it works. It's amazing. And basically with tapping, you're you're acknowledging that you have a belief that doesn't serve you in the first place. So I think in, in the manifesting world and law of attraction world, sometimes we can go a little bit into the realms of pretending there are no problems, pretending everything's okay, because we think that if we say out loud what's not working, we're going to attract more of it. My experience has been that we really need to look at what's not working so that we can change it. Because if you don't acknowledge what isn't working, you you have no shot at changing it. And you're just ignoring something, hoping that it will change and it doesn't. So we really need to look at those things for the problems that they are and, and face them and then change them. And that's what I love about tapping. Because then we can remove that old belief from our body. It's like removing a thorn from your mind. So and think of an old belief as like a thorn on a rose and it's stuck in your mind. And as long as that old belief is there, it's gonna cause you pain, it's gonna cause you irritation. There's no way around it, that thorn's not going away, it's still there. So with tapping, we can literally pluck that thorn from your brain and remove it. And you can put in something else you can put in whatever you want so like you and i believe it's like the more fun i have the more money i make you can make that your new belief and our brains are very malleable they actually are and we think that you know i'm just like this and you know i'm always afraid or i always have anxiety or i never have any money but it's actually just an old it's an old tape you're playing in your brain but you have the ability to create a new tape anytime you want And I think we really have to lean into that knowledge because when we own that, when we can take responsibility for our lives, then we can change anything. We realize that we have absolute power, absolute control. And that's the most freeing thing in the world. I think that's such a gift. I never thought that tapping would work so magically on our bodies. Oh my goodness. It really is such a miracle. And the longer I am using it, the more amazed I am by how effective it is it's like it gets better with age, like a fine wine or something. I don't know. It just gets better and better. And I love the fact that you can use it to put you in any emotional state that you want. You can make it use it to make you feel romantic or to get things done or to relax or to get rid of a headache or, you know, whatever it is you want to feel you can do. And I just love that so much.
1: Wow, I have to try all your techniques and I'll let you know what happens. Yes,
0: oh my God. Well, I have so many tapping videos on YouTube and they're free for anybody to, to try. So yeah, pick some. I, I mean, there's so many different things and I'm dying to hear how you like them.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. How do you heal old stories and call in the perfect person?
0: Oh, what a good question. So healing old romantic stories is really what inspired me to write my new book Hologram Hot because I was just experiencing so much pain in relationships or I was you know getting into these codependent relationships or attracting people who just weren't on my level you know they they didn't have a job or they were really lazy or something and it was just a real conflict with who I am which is someone who's a real go-getter I like to get things done and And so I would kind of date these guys and know that it was never really going to work. And there is so much to learn about relationships. You know, I think it's important that we learn about attachment style. And I think it's important that we learn about codependency. We learn about our love blueprint that we learned essentially from watching our family of origin But once we've done all that, and by the way, all of that stuff is in my new book. So I really walk you through all of those things and teach you everything that I've learned that's helpful for me. And there's a lot of tapping in my book as well. So you can rewire your attachment style and you can rewire the things that you're attracted to. But like I was saying earlier, once you've done all of that, then it's time to relax and to be in your body and to enjoy so it's really like that dance between the push and the pull. Yes, we have to use our brains. We have to be aware. We have to make smart choices. We have to know our patterns, but then we have to stop thinking about it so much. And it's really a dance. And it's something that I feel like I only just cottoned on to that, like maybe a week ago, <laughs> that the time for analysis is over. And now it's time for me to just enjoy things and stop overthinking them to death. Because I think when we overthink things we kill what we love about them and it's so possible to think your way out of a passion or loving somebody or your job because we think about it too much and it's challenging because especially if you're a motivated person and you're an achiever and you've done great things with your life we've been rewarded for thinking so much it's gotten us a lot of great things in our lives it's helped us create the lives we want but then we have to know when to turn it off. We don't want to use our an analytical brain for everything. We we kill it. We suck all the joy out of it when we insist on overthinking everything. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I feel like it kind of does.
1: It does. It does. It's like when we overthink things, we talk ourselves out of it. And mm-hmm. Of course you're not gonna do it because, well, right. We found all the right wrong reasons. <laughs>
0: Right. And we, we get into that place of being like, oh, I don't know if it, if this is right. And the more that we say, I don't know if this is right, the more problems appear, the more things show up for us to be unsure about. So in terms of manifesting, you know, we do have to be really mindful of what thoughts we're thinking. So if, if you're thinking like, I don't know if this is the right thing, then you're going to feel more of that feeling. And if you don't want to be strung between doubts your whole life you have to decide to commit to something and i think that's i think that's a really important thing when it comes to relationships is to really commit to what we're in and it may not be perfect and the person that we're with may not be perfect because we're not perfect either but when we really commit to it at least we know we gave it everything we have and if it doesn't work we learn some skills for the next relationship. And I just don't think we can lose. Now, obviously that doesn't apply if you're in an abusive relationship or you're with someone who really truly treats you badly. But I think there's so much to be gained from committing and sticking with it and really giving it our best effort. I think it's so important. I think we really live in an age where if something's not perfect, we we basically just browse through a catalog of available people and we find somebody else. But I just don't think that's going to bring us lasting fulfillment or joy because everyone's going to have something that you don't like. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you believe in this technique? Like when you write down all the qualities you want in your partner?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do. So actually, it's so funny that you say that. I have a friend, um, Dina Manzo, who is one of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And years ago, she and I went on an astrology retreat together in Tulum and that's how we met. And she created these love kits, like love spell kits. And she told me about the one that she did. And she was like, I did this. And a year later, I met my husband. So she sent me one of these kits and I did it. And the kit is, you know, there's some crystals in there and a bath to take. But one of the main exercises is that you write down every quality that you want your partner to have. So I did that. And literally a month later, I went on my first date with the guy that I'm dating now. And he has every single one of those qualities that I wrote down.
1: Yeah, I believe this in this. I know it works. It totally works. Did it work for you? Yeah, it worked for my mom. And sometimes you have to be careful what you write, because you might say something, but universe will take it the opposite. You can't have any don'ts or, you know. Yes. You can't say, I do not want such and
0: such. I just, you have Right. To, it has I want to be just such. the positive, just the positive aspects, like the things that you want. Yeah. That's so true. But yeah, it's fascinating. And I think another thing about that is like, yes, write down a list of the qualities and that's awesome. But you also, you also have to take responsibility and not settle for, for someone who doesn't have all the qualities. So When I wrote that list, I was dating somebody else who didn't have all those qualities. And I knew that I couldn't stay in it because I just knew that he wasn't the right person. And when I ended things with him, I remember being with the man that I'm with now and we were like cuddling somewhere and I was feeling so good. And I realized in that moment, like this is why you don't settle. Because if you settle, you don't get what you really want. And when we settle, we are literally choosing against our own interests. We're choosing something that is not what we want. And it's so much better to wait for the perfect thing. I really believe that your life is enhanced so much by being with the right person and choosing somebody that, you know, expands your life. Isn't that what you want? That's what I want. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. It's Mm -hmm. like never settle down for less. Mm -hmm. Completely. And I think, you know, that can be really hard when you've been dating for a long time and you're like, oh my God, where is this person? Like, how long do I have to wait? But I promise they are just around the corner and just enjoy your life while you're looking. Like, just enjoy it. It's so important. Like, your life is valuable. It's not that it's just a stopgap between relationships. The time that you spend single could be some of the most amazing years of your life. So don't waste them by wishing that you had somebody. And I know that's easier said than done. And we all have moments of feeling lonely or sad about it. But the more that you can really enjoy your life as it is, the faster you'll manifest someone. I
1: agree. Yeah, when you don't think about it too much, it will come to you. Yes, completely,
0: completely. Make your life full with great things. Go have adventures. Do fun things with your life.
1: Yeah. And you also created this radical self-movement. Yeah. And Mm -hmm.
0: tell us more about it. So, radical self love is, you know, a concept I started talking about in like 2011. And nobody was really talking about self love at that time. And I wrote my book back then and I took it to a publisher, my radical self love book, and they were like, we don't get it. So, it was really ahead of its time. And nobody was talking about body positivity or any of those things. And now that's really mainstream, which is so good. And radical self-love to me is about loving yourself as you are right now, but also being willing to put in the work where things are not where you want them to be. So if you want to be healthier, then that's great. Go to the gym and eat food that nourishes you and that's good for you. And if you want to be in a relationship, then it's okay to go and do those things. But I think radical self-love is really about making an effort. I think sometimes we're afraid of I don't know, getting off the couch and doing something about our lives, but nobody else can do it for us. We are so responsible for everything that happens and no one can change your life but you. So radical self-love to me is having the courage to take an action that you feel is going to move you towards the life you've always wanted. I love it.
1: That's the best. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. thank you and it's such a great way to live your life it's really empowering you're not waiting for somebody else to solve your problems they can't you have to do that you know
1: i agree you have to recognize your problems before you can fix them mhm completely what to do if you you and your partner have mismatched vision in relationship
0: mhm well i think it really depends on the relationship and and it depends on how compatible you are in the first place I think it's important that the two people involved in the relationship have aligned values. So you want the same kinds of things, that the same kinds of things matter to you. Like if one person's really into war and one person's really into peace, that might be difficult. Right. But the big things like whether or not you're wanting to get married, whether or not you want to have children, the kind of place you want to live, like those are very big, important things that you should hopefully be aligned on. But, you know, I think sometimes when you come to a place where, you know, you both you disagree on things, it's important to sometimes be able to compromise or to see something from their point of view. And maybe you do what they want to do or they do what you want to do. But also, I mean, there are really no absolute answers because sometimes the right thing is to recognize that the things that you want are very different and you both should have what you want. And maybe that's as far as the relationship will go in this format. And sometimes we have this delusion that a relationship is only successful if we get married and die being married. But I don't think that's true. I think a relationship is a success anytime both people are really invested and really do their best to uplift the other person's life and make it special and magical for them. And that doesn't have to last forever, you know? I've had great relationships that lasted two years and we both changed and evolved so much in that time and we're grateful to the other person for that time and that's as far as it needed to go. So I think it really depends on the people. Do you feel like you've gone as far as you can go or is there some compromise that can be made? And I think really with great communication, anything can be solved or worked through.
1: I agree. Communication is the key to everything. It's so and- important. Sometimes it's the biggest mistake that couples make that they don't have enough communication,
0: don't have good communication. Mm -hmm. That's where all the issues come from. Totally. I mean, I've been learning that myself. Like I'm really good at communicating my thoughts, but communicating my feelings has been much harder. And now I'm learning that whenever I'm feeling something, I have to say it in the moment. I can't sit there and get all internal and dwell on it. And I can't, you know, try to think about what he's going to think about what I'm saying. I just have to have the courage to say it because the sooner I say it, the sooner we can deal with it or work through it. And, you know, I think also when you're with someone who really cares about you, they're not going to shame you for your feelings. They're not going to make you feel bad. They really want to be in it with you and they want to help you. And that's such a gift and, and they enjoy doing that for you. It makes them feel good about themselves. So let them have the gift of helping you.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. What is your best advice on how to find your passion? Oh my goodness. Well, so many things. I think people who want to find their passion should probably take Tony Robbins date with Destiny. Which I literally finished doing yesterday and was incredible. So, that really helps you with figuring out your passion. But I also think that there's a big key to your passion and what you loved doing when you were a kid and what feelings you love to feel when you were little. Because the things that we were attracted to and interested in when we were five or 10 or 15 years old, those things are really a part of our true essence and they will bring us like true joy and aliveness. So, if you think about what you liked to do when you were that age, there might be some clues in that. So for me, when I was little, I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to write books and I wanted to be a radio DJ. And I basically do all of those things as my job. Now I write books, I make videos, I record podcasts, I do interviews and I can't tell you how much joy that brings me. And you know those are all kind of like a method right like that's a way of doing something but then what i've focused it around is helping other people live beautiful lives and that makes it really easy for me so i've i've picked a subject that i'm personally passionate about that i could read about forever and have been reading about forever and then i've just chosen those three things as like the medium through which i want to express it and that has really worked for me but I don't know. Like, what did you want to be when you were a little girl?
1: Oh, basically the same what I'm doing now. I was playing dress up. <laughs> <laughs> I was turning the music on and I was dancing for my grandma. I had <laughs> great kids, too. They were coming over. So I would dance for them. Like I would perform concerts. I was making yeah. clothes for my dolls. And oh my God. But the other thing, I wanted to be doctor. really interesting very interesting like I wanted to be general surgeon or dentist and I was so crazy about it like I've had had a white robe and I've had my room where I would put like office hours on the door (laughs) (laughs) I would sit all the dolls and I would just play them like they were my patients
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. But yeah, like the dressing up and the doing little performances and all of that stuff. I mean, that's so much who you are now. And so I really think there's such a seed in what we loved when we were kids. And the other thing is that your passion doesn't have to be something that you make money from. Not everybody is cut out to run their own business or to be an entrepreneur or to be an artist professionally. It's hard. It's very hard. And for some people, it's better to have your passion be something you do in your free time with no pressure and you just do it because you love it. And those are just the things that you're naturally drawn to that you kind of like you can't help yourself from doing. And I think it's okay that your passion isn't always your work. Sometimes making it your work can make it less fun. So if you suspect that that would be the way you would feel, then just do your passion when you feel like doing your passion rather than, you know, turning it into a career or a business. I agree. Yeah. Yes. But don't, don't ruin your passion by having to make money out of it because for some people it's just not how their brain works. They're not wired that way. And, and they're really setting themselves up for a lot of pain, I think.
1: Yeah. 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 And I would like to know your advice on this one. How do you access yes. your inner bad bitch?
0: <laughs> Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's so many ways. I think tapping obviously is great. I literally have tapping sessions on tapping into your inner bad bitch on my YouTube. So there's that. But I also think, you know, tapping into your inner bad bitch is a process. It's about really asking yourself, how do I want to be in the world? And what do I want to give and bring and serve? And how do I want to dress and speak? And how do I want to treat people? And all of those things, what kind of life do I want to live? Do I want to contribute? How do I want to grow? What do I want to give to the world? And, you know, the most dynamic characters, the most interesting women to me are women who are really multifaceted. They have lots of different sides to them. You know, Beyonce, for example, I think is a great example because she is powerful on stage she's romantic in a relationship and she clearly cherishes her man and she also is very involved in social outreach and you know the revolution and she's she's commercial and she does all of these things and i think that makes her so interesting because she can move between these different sides of herself and she understands who she is in all of those phases And that makes her very well-rounded. I feel like she's very well-integrated. She knows who she is. And so I think that's what we want to do. We want to strive to be able to express all of those different sides of ourselves, whatever that looks like. You know, for some people, the idea of being a bad bitch is someone who wears stripper heels. And for some people, the idea of a bad bitch is just someone who like has a great home and family life. And everybody's interpretation is different. And that's totally fantastic. They should be different. That's what makes the world so so diverse. That's what makes the world so great. So for me, the phrase bad bitch can really be just exchanged for someone who understands their power and uses it for good. That's what I think it's really about.
1: Yeah. It's like you're powerful, you're yourself and you're unstoppable.
0: Yes. And it takes time to develop that, right? Like this isn't something you wake up one day and you have it all figured out. It's trial and error. It's time spent in the game. And and there's no substitute for that. So just keep looking at things, keep noticing what interests you and following those passions and, you know, don't be ashamed or embarrassed about what you love. It's fantastic that those are the things that you love.
1: I agree. Yeah. The best practices you have to letting things go? Tapping.
0: (laughs) I feel like tapping is my answer for everything. It literally is my miracle tool. I love it so much. Tapping for letting go of something or releasing a feeling or stopping obsessing about your ex is so powerful. It really works so well.
1: I use usually, you know, the technique where you write things down and you burn it. It Mm -hmm. does work, but... Sometimes it doesn't work all the way. I mean, it feels like you still right. have to do it.
0: Right. Like there are little pieces still hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good technique, but I think with something like that, especially if it's something big that you want to let go of, you know, it's okay to layer your tools. So you might want to write stuff and burn it. You might want to do an energetic cord cutting kind of meditation or visualization, and then do some tapping just to clean up anything that's left and yeah, I think it's okay for us to use a few different tools to get there, you know.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm glad you mentioned all of them. It's actually a great <laughs> idea. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, spend the night doing it, you know, and I think another thing that's really good for letting things go that you can use in addition to those is to take a bath and when you, you know, you might want to think about the situation while you're in the bath. And then when you let the water drain, you just visualize it taking all of those thoughts and feelings with with the water going down the plug hole. And that can be really powerful too. Or even a shower, you can do the same thing with a shower. Really, really helps.
1: So, you know, I use these two brands that I usually buy things from. Like I buy bath bombs with crystals inside or soap with crystal inside. So there's like... Yeah. Bar soap, I think one of them it's in LA. And cool. Another one we have here in Atlanta, it's modern mystic. So they have like full moon and new moon bath bomb and it's with crystal inside. So it actually teaches you like you put a bath bomb in, in the tub and then you take your bath <laughs> and actually you sit there until all the water is drained completely. Right. That's how you let it go.
0: Yeah, totally works. It's an old witchy technique and it works like a charm. It's really good. But I think that, yeah, it's beautiful to use the elements, right? To use fire, to burn something, to use water, to cleanse something. But I think also, you know, then using tapping, things like that, where we're really using our bodies, we can really shift a lot of stuff there as well.
1: Yeah. And regarding daddy issues.
0: What's your question about daddy
1: issues? Like... You know, most of us have it. Some of us have it.
0: And do you have any techniques on how to fix them? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, it was so interesting. So I just did Date with Destiny with Tony Robbins. And normally it would be an in-person event. But obviously with COVID, everything's on Zoom. So I'm doing this Zoom class for six days with people from all over the world. And it's really intense, like 7.30 in the morning to 11 p.m. at night every day. And half an hour break for lunch. Like, it's really intense. And the amazing thing that happened is that he was calling on these women who were participants. And they were so in their masculine. And they were using their masculine energy to get things done. So when I say masculine energy, I mean that like pushing, hustling, grinding, to-do list, you know, really pushing through kind of energy. And he talked about how... As little girls, when we're growing up, we love our fathers so much and we really want their love. We crave their love. And our fathers often are coming from a place of they feel like they did okay in their lives, but they wanted to do better. And they haven't, they're not necessarily fulfilled in every way. And there are other things they wish they had done with their lives. So they look at their daughters and they think, okay, I love my daughter. She's brilliant. I'm going to teach her everything that I know, and I'm going to make her an even better version of me because I want her to have everything that I didn't get to have. And so we're we're imprinted with all these great skills and techniques from our dads, which is like that really like hustle, negotiate, go for it energy, which gets us so far in life but it's not the full picture. And we have this other side of ourselves, like I was talking about earlier, this receiving, this allowing, this like being in flow energy that we've kind of cut off from because we think that in order for our dads to love us, we have to be in hustle mode. And often a lot of us, that's how we bond with our dads is we talk about our businesses, we talk about getting shit done. We don't necessarily talk about emotions with our fathers. And so what we need to realize is that our fathers, if they really love us, which they do, even if they'd show it in fucked up ways, because nobody's parents are perfect, they really want us to be integrated. And they want us to experience both sides and that polarity, that flow of being able to enjoy our lives and settle down and experience love and allow love. So I think that's my answer for what do we do with daddy issues? We have to recognize that our fathers did the best that they could, but there is more to us than just harnessing our, our father's model of the world. Like there are other ways that we can be. And when we integrate those, then we feel more well-rounded. We feel more grounded in ourselves and we get to access everything that we have within us rather than just cutting a piece of ourselves off.
1: Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, it does. I love Tony Robbins. I went to his seminars. They're amazing. They're very
0: oh, I love him too so much. I've been meaning to do date with destiny for about two years. Finally got to do it this week, and it just blew my mind. I, I wish I could give it to everybody I know for Christmas. It's that good.
1: Yeah, his seminars usually the best. They're so high energy.
0: Oh my so god! So high energy, unbelievable. But you know, the cool thing about Tony, right? He's extremely masculine. He's got a lot of that push, push, push energy, but he's also very emotional. He cries almost every time he gets on stage. He feels so deeply. He can allow things to unfold. And I think he's a really beautiful role model that you can use both sides of the energy. It doesn't have to be one way all the time. And yeah, I really love that about him. He he feels very integrated to me.
1: Yeah, he does. And I love another thing you said about being in the flow. I feel like when you're in the flow, things are getting accomplished. And when you manifest something, it comes to you easily. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to get in the flow because of course we distract ourselves with blocks and everything else. Yeah.
0: And we're so rewarded for being in hustle mode. Society really tells us you got to be grinding all the time. And there's all this like, glamorization of, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead and no days off and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, there are times for that. But if you just run like that all the time, you're going to burn yourself out and you're not going to be fun to be around. And why are you working so hard when you don't have time to fucking enjoy it? Isn't that the whole point? Yeah. So we really need to learn to do both. We have to be able to do both.
1: We do. That's so mm-hmm. important. hmm with new year coming up, how do you set intentions? Like what is the best
0: way to set intentions for new year? Mm, Well, I like to do it based on how I want to feel. So what are the emotions I want to move towards in the new year or anytime? And then I think, okay, well, what's going to make me feel that way? So if the emotion I want to feel is passion What do I need to do in my daily life so that I'm experiencing passion all the time? And when we do it that way, based on how we want to feel, it can make our, our answers really clear. Like if you really crave the sense, a sense of freedom, then opening a physical shop or having children and settling down might not be on your agenda. So we really need to think about how do we want to feel First, and then set our goals in accordance with that. I think it's very easy to get trapped in the idea of, like, oh, well, I'm 37 now, so I should probably do X and Y and Z, and I should probably buy a house now, and I should do this and that. It's like, no, you shouldn't. I mean, society says that you should, but does it really matter what society thinks? I don't think so. I think what matters is that you pursue those feelings that are going to make you feel good. And once you know how you want to feel, then you can set your goals accordingly. That's a unique way to set goals. I love it. I never Mm -hmm. thought of it like that. It really works too, because you you might be like, oh, well, I want to buy this car. But then is that in alignment with how you want to feel? Maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. And think of all the drama you can st- like set yourself free from when you're heading for these goals that don't align with how you want to feel. Like, What a waste of time and energy and money, probably.
1: Yeah, so true. And where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, your information?
0: I'm at Galadaling pretty much everywhere. So Instagram, I love Instagram so much. It's so much fun for me. Instagram, my blog is galadaling.com. I have Fifteen years worth of articles there. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel, which is also Galadaling. Those are the best three places to find me, and I'm very active on all of them.
1: Nice. Thank you so much, love. It was my pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show. Tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at NotBasicBlonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day.